Thank you for joining us for the Word and Spirit podcast. Let me remind you to check out the RGM website for news, updates, and free downloads. Now, let's go to Reverend Randall Greer. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. You know, and I found out something about God, and it's something the Lord's been kind of talking to me about this morning that I believe to share with me. What I'm going to do with Dr. Chip's permission here is I'm just going to preach to myself. And because you were so gracious to come, I'm going to let you listen if you want to. But there's no pressure on anybody. I need the Bible as much or more than anybody here. But, you know, I, I know that many people kind of float along, I call it, in life. I think not far from here, there's the Tennessee River. Is that correct? I think we passed it a couple of times. We flew, you know, into Knoxville, Tennessee, and then drove down here. So uh, <clears throat> I think we crossed that river. Did we cross it twice? Does anybody know coming down 75? We crossed it, and then we come across 30. I think we crossed it twice, but we didn't jump in it, but we could have probably floated down. Doesn't it come close by here? Got to float it down, and there's some kind of little water way out this way. What is that? So I could have just took a boat down here. My goodness, I don't know what I'm doing. Flying airplanes and the carrying on and, you know, riding cars and all that kind of stuff. But see, you could get on that river out there and, a, and a something that would float. You could probably sit on a log if it'd float. And the water will just take you along the stream wherever it's going. You could get in a boat without a paddle or a motor, no way to do anything with it, you know. And that boat will go somewhere because there is current in that river. I assume here it flows south. I have been places it flows north, not the Tennessee River. But there are rivers that have, you know, miraculously do things backwards. But you can just get on that river and just get in a boat with no paddle, no form of a motor, anything, to make it go anywhere. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to go somewhere. But it may not be where you want to go. In fact, I don't know about the Tennessee River, but I'm sure down there somewhere. I just don't know. I've never been on it. But I'm sure that there's some rapids somewhere. Is there? Way down there somewhere. Somewhere it starts getting rocky somewhere. Where it starts going to where or wherever it starts at. There starts being some rapids. Anybody ever been rafting before? Well, I have been rafting before, and I have had my kayak. I was on a kayak, you know, this one-man kayak. You got this oar, you know, you paddle on this side and that side, and we was going to shoot the rapids, and it's a level three rapid, level five being the highest, and I was watching those go through, and they was in these big rafts, you know, that would hold 15, 20 people, you know, and you got this guide in the raft, and they're trying to tell him to go to this side, avoid this rock, avoid... And I would see rafts, whole rafts, you know, go in this place and bounce and come out on the other side and everybody getting wet. And so I decided, I, I'd been in, grew up on the Chattahoochee River down in Georgia, you know, even though now we live in Oklahoma, but I grew up on the Chattahoochee River. And I had been on the water all my life. In fact, the way we learned to swim is Daddy just grabbed us up by the nap of the neck and seized the britches and throwed us out of a big old Navy boat he had that was 22 feet long and said, swim back to the boat. And you learned how to get back to the boat. And if you got thirsty, you know, and you didn't have a cups, that's before all these days of having all these cups, you just poured the worms out on, on, in the boat there and just washed your cup out a little bit and got you some river water and drank it. Back then you could. Now, I can't. <laughs> But anyway, you can do it. 
you wouldn't mean it and it'd be all right. And, and everything would be fine. Everything would be glorious. But I was going to shoot this rapid, you know, a level three rapid in this uh, kayak. And so I was going down to Natahala. I don't know if you know where that is over there in the Carolinas. I think it's where it was at. The Natahalas. And we had a bunch of preachers out there. And me and another preacher had this kayak that we had rented. You know, and they're in these big rafts and they're bouncing, they're getting wet. And I thought, well, I'm just going to shoot this rapid. I know exactly how to do it. I grew up on this river. This river, I ain't scared of no river because I'd never been in water that swift either. And thank God they make you watch a video before you get on that river. And they tell you, you know, if you get thrown out of your craft, you know, whether it be a kayak or a raft or anything, the first thing you do is, is you pick your feet up and don't try to fight the current of that water because it will break your legs. I'd never been in water. I mean, the Chattahoochee River, you know, got swift around the dams, the power dams, but it didn't get nothing like the Natahala, and it was at kind of flood stage. And so I was going to shoot this rapid to show them how to do it. And this is the last rapid on the rafting trip, you know, to, to put you in. This is the last place, and they got cameras there. And they take your picture when you come over this thing because they want you to have a memento of what you just accomplished. And so I took this raft, uh, this uh, little kayak thing, and I mean, it's just a one-man deal, you know, with a point at one end and a point at the other end. And I'm uh, zipping down through there. I'm going around in the circles around this raft just to showing off and cutting up, you know. And people squealing and we're throwing water on everybody and they're throwing it back on us. And when I got down, I was going to show them how to shoot that rapid, this level three rapid. And, and I shot it all right. When I shot it, I was going so fast because I had paddled to get up momentum to go to a certain spot where that water was just rolling and rocks is underneath. When that thing went over, it went too far too fast. The point did. And so it turned and went straight down. And that's not the way to be going when you're going over a rapid. You want that front end up. And so that thing started headed down. And when it did, the water caught it. And there was an undertow. And it flipped that thing over. And I went sailing through the air. I could get the old gospel hymn, I'll fly away, old glory. And I became a flying human coming out of that thing. And I remembered, I had a sense of mind to remember that they said to me to hang on to your paddle. <laughs> Don't lose your paddle because it costs so much money if you lost it. Hang on to it. So I had this paddle. Whee! And I'm going through the air and then the next thing you know, kroosh. And I went down and that undertow caught me and threw me back. I mean, not going down the river. I mean, it's throwing me back up against some rocks and and so I decided I'm going to fight this thing and I stood up and when I did the pressure was so great it almost broke my leg until I remembered the video. Pick your legs up. Don't fight the river. The river is stronger than you are. And all of a sudden, I got in this undertow, and the camera was snapping these shots, you know, pop, 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 and you could see pictures, and you saw me flying through the air, and me disappear under the water, then frame after frame after frame, and there's nothing but water, 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 and there's nothing. All of a sudden, the paddle comes out <laughs> up over my head, and somehow I shot out from under that undertow, and I've got this life vest on, and I'm floating down the river, and everybody's clapping. Hey, Brother Andy! Hey! says, what did I tell that story for? The river took me where I did not want to go. If I had a planned properly, hindsight, they say, looking back, you know, you can clearly see some mistakes you made. 
I saw some mistakes I made. I saw that there was an undertow. I didn't think about it because I'm coming down the river and it's in front of me so I can't see what's right over there. But if I'd have just moved just a little bit, three foot to the right, I'd have been in much calmer water and there would have been no undertow. It's amazing how the river changes just in three feet at the Natahala. But it is amazing how it changes. If I'd have been three feet to the right, I'd have had no problem and I'd have went right on if I'd have made the right decisions and choices. So what did I say that's for? You can, as a human being, even as a Christian, you can get on the river of life and allow it to take you wherever it wants to. There's a lot of undertows, there's a lot of undercurrents, and there's a lot of things out there that you want to be in. There's a lot of waterfalls you may not want to go over. Or you can take your life and determine your destiny by what you believe based on God's Word. Turn to Mark chapter 11 and let's show you some principles that I have learned. And that doesn't mean that I know it all. Of course, I know you've come this morning looking for the man that knows it all. I will not disappoint you. I've got Dr. Chip right here. And he... <laughs> I'll turn it over to him. And he knows the Holy Ghost. And he will help us. But in Mark chapter 11... There were some things that I found out about in my life. And by the way, I did tell about me being in prison. And I do have a full pardon today. That means all of my civil and political rights have been restored back to me as a citizen of the United States. And I have the right to own and possess a firearm, which in my crimes have been washed away in the ink of the government, just like my sins have been washed away in the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, one day, my life was not going in the direction that I wanted to go. I was floating along as a Christian, as a Christian, just floating along, waiting for life to happen. And life did happen, but it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. In fact, I was there as a born-again Christian in prison. I turned myself in after that third escape experience in Galveston, Texas, back in 1982, and so now it's 1984, and this is May of 1984. I'd become, I'd been elected as the pastor of this uh, little, what we call the convict church. Now they call them residents and inmates, but back then they just called us convicts. I mean, you knew what you was, and that's what you was, you know. But uh, they called us convicts, so I was a pastor of the convict church, and, and the Lord was moving I mean, people were getting saved. People were getting healed with casting out demons, just like the Bible says the gifts of the Spirit would operate. The power of God was there. <clears throat> and so I'm just floating along in my Christian walk, just thinking that if they ever did give me an opportunity for parole, <clears throat> then that automatically I would receive my parole, and then I wouldn't have any problem. In other words, I wouldn't have to do anything to get my parole just because I was a good fellow. Don't you think I'm a good fella? I mean, don't you think I'm a real nice fella? And, and probably the Lord does too. He thinks I'm a real good guy. Uh, a, you know, a pleasant young man, especially during those days, because I was seeking him, you know, with all my heart. And I say that not in pride, but I was seeking the Lord. I was studying his word. I put it first in my life. I made sure that I had a relationship with him. 
And so I'm just floating along. And I thought just because I was a good person and doing good things, uh, then I would have good things happen to me. But I found out how wrong I was. Uh, On May the 31st, 1984, I received a letter from the Alabama, because it was down in Alabama that I was in, in prison for the longest amount of time. But I was in the state of Alabama, and I received a letter from the Alabama State Pardon and Parole Board. And this letter said, you'll be released from prison on parole in the month of none. Oh, I got so excited because they promised to release me in the month of none. Hallelujah. I had a release date, and I was excited until I went and I found a calendar. Have you ever looked at the calendar? The calendar has the month of January all the way down through the month of December, but I hadn't found that month of none yet. If you find it before I do, please let me know. Well, it became a sobering reality that just because I thought I was a good fella, and maybe God thought I was a good fella, that this stuff didn't work just because I wanted it to happen. There's something else that I've got to do in order to get out of prison on parole because I wanted to get out of prison. I didn't want to stay in prison the rest of my life. Now, I know this, that God, you know, showed me that uh, he didn't believe in people breaking the laws of the land and he didn't advocate that and he, there is punishment for breaking the law and the crimes that you commit. But I would have already been out of prison if I hadn't have done those uh, escapes. I talk, called it taking vacations, but they, they don't think that way. And so if you want to you know, go on a career path where you get vacations and things like that, don't go to be in, in prison or jail because they don't give vacations. In fact, they get flat mad about it if you take a vacation. They just get mad. Get mad about it. I mean mad. The judge get mad, flop his old jaws at you and tell you, I'm going to give you five more years. You know what I mean? In prison because you escaped. And so here I am and I got this letter said, you'll get released from prison on parole in a month of none. And I thought, well, I got a problem. I got a problem. Just because I'm a good fella doesn't mean that I'm getting out of prison on parole undoubtedly or I wouldn't have got this letter backed up by the governor of the state of Alabama that heads up the parole board because he appoints them, you know, their appointed positions back in that time. And I think they're trying to do away with all that now. But anyway, uh, there's no way that you're going to get out. So I took this letter out on the prison recreation yard and I showed it to the Lord like he couldn't read it or hadn't read it and didn't know what it said. And of course the letter said you'll be releasing prison on parole in a month of none. And it listed about eight different reasons why. One of them was failure to respond to rehabilitation. You know, if you escape three times, they figure... You're not cooperating with the program, you know what I mean? And you're not staying in class like you should. And so there was during that time, then they had several other reasons. This because you've done this and done that. There's about eight different reasons, and all of them were legitimate reasons, and it fit everything I'd done wrong. But I said to the Lord, Lord, look at this letter. Look what it says. It says, I'm getting out in a month of none. Lord, I'm serving you. Lord, I'm, I'm pastoring the convict church. Lord, we're running over a hundred people. I'm not talking about people that had jailhouse religion. I'm talking about true born-again men. Thank you for joining us for the Word and Spirit podcast with Reverend Randall Greer. Join us next time when Reverend Greer brings us the Word of God. And remember, God is with us.